one of the all-time favorite shows. Hello, and you are listening to Because You're Home. We are on episode 31, um, which just seems a bit crazy. This week, we are looking at, because we're still in the kind of Easter, next week Mm -hmm. is Easter Sunday. I was actually trying to think, I know that we were doing this with the whole, you know, after three days, he rose again and stuff like that. Yeah, the original zombie. I can't even really go into that story because um, I don't know it. Um, so, um, again, bringing it back to the LJC, and um, after he went into hibernation for three days, he rose again. So we said he had a massive dinner. <laughs> they tried to help him digest by putting him on a cross because they thought it would help him digest all the food to go down. And then he was like, "That's, I think I just need a rest. Yeah. So they threw him in a cave for three days and he did a cleanse. And he came out and he was all like, oh, wow, I feel so enlightened. And feel lighter. great. Yeah. 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 And I, I, I mean, I'm now I might be in a while since I've read the Bible, but I'm fairly certain that that's how it happened. <laughs> he carved up at that last supper. A part of me, Emer, was like, you read the Bible? <laughs> I read the Bible according to Emer. <sighs> yeah, fair play. Um, so we the are looking <laughs> <The pop-up book. laughs> my first Bible, um, which I'm sure I have somewhere. Um, gotcha. I yeah, so we're looking at zombie movies. Yes, mm. and the two of us decided to definitely not look at the more mainstream modern movies and the more famous yeah. zombie movies because uh, they've been discussed podcast. TV shows, everything they've been done, ha, done to death. Um, <laughs> to be rich, there's people I'm here till next Thursday. Um, but yeah, so we decided to look up two rando films. Um, we were actually talking about this last night and I was like, no, 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 I'll just do, I'll just do the one. But then, <laughs> then I went on and found another one and I was like, <laughs> I'll text Steamer now. And I was like, no, I'm going to keep this gem. Um, so I found one of the most bizarre movies I've watched it was gas but we will get into it um so obviously when you think of zombies the main person who kind of comes to mind is George A. Romero Mm. and he is usually in anything that you can kind of you hear him spoken about it's always that he's the granddaddy of zombie movies which is pretty cool uh yeah that is a great title to have isn't it like It's really cool. Again, I went back and I watched um, <laughs> the majority of my um, research is usually Eli Roth's History of Horror. So the first episode, like yeah, a wealth of knowledge. I'm like, thanks for doing the research there. Um, brilliant episode on uh, zombies and zombie movies. And I've kind of said it before. I am um, not the not that I'm not a fan they just wouldn't be my kind of genre go-to. yeah 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 they wouldn't be my go-to so I was like right I'm gonna put some heavy work in here I'm gonna see can I flip that for myself mm-hmm. so I went in and I had a look and obviously they had a big conversation about George A. Romero you had the uh Dawn of the Dead Day of the Dead um I think one of my earliest memories sitting in a house in your house is watching Dawn of the Dead, yeah. when they were in the shopping center uh, and they were like, so it was the first one in color because you had Night of the Living Dead was in yeah. black and white. And this was the one that was in color and it, they were just so blue, bluey green. Yeah. Could you yeah. tell that that was a absolute take on capitalism, that we're all just zombies looking for our latest handbag or clothes or whatever? And that's the amazing thing that I didn't really realize that actually a lot of zombie movies have been used to show these kind of like real um, social context kind of movies yes, where they really discuss something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it's a really, it's just a really interesting way of looking at it and going, okay, there's a little bit more depth behind this. Yeah, you don't get that in a lot of horror. And it's great that like zombie movies for all like they discover race issues they discover yeah. social like discuss not discover um they discuss the social issues and like that 
like problems that are hitting say America at the time mm-hmm. yeah a hundred percent and his movies kind of really molded the zombies that we know now so yes. there were zombie movies before it and there were zombie movies after it but this is mm-hmm. always going to be the one the, the kind of textbook it's where we learned it so mm-hmm. he there was a clip within this in the episode where somebody asks him um how do you kill a zombie and he's like oh you shoot him in the head or mm-hmm. you know and that was never known before do you know what I mean yeah it wasn't, how did you kill a zombie you don't know and I just thought it was such a cool thing that somebody was just asking him this question it was real it seemed now it kind of it could have easily been so much more orchestrated than this but yeah. it seemed like such an off-the-cuff kind of conversation like molded like all these movies and all these movies from that afterwards mm-hmm. it was just amazing because before that like before you had this it's like kind of like you look at night of the living dead as as the the starter because before that you had zombie films were just they were more voodoo based yeah like you brought back someone to death from death by an incantation from a voodoo spell uh, or a ritual and I actually haven't seen any of those films so I don't imagine obviously at the time then it was a shot to the head maybe it might be in a reversal of the spell mm-hmm. or whatever um but yeah, like they were the earlier ones, which sometimes it's, it's that they weren't the best presentation of zombies yeah. kind of seen as just, you know, not the best, pre- as again, I'm just trying to say in, in the softest way, but not the best presentation of cultures uh, that zombies came from voodoo spells. Um, yeah. So again, that was just the birth of Hollywood where they were just looking for cheap scares. But now, obviously, with there was more to it with George A. Romero. There was a bite. There was a start. There was a, a starting point. And then yeah. there was a way where you could kill them. Yes. They actually said one thing that I thought was really interesting. And I was like, oh, Emer will like this. Where they were like, <laughs> one of the very first zombies was Frankenstein's monster. It was a reanimation oh, yeah. that he yes. brought back to life. And I was like, I would never ever have thought of that and it was amazing to put it onto that kind of thing and go right okay actually if I'm looking at it like this how do I like I need to I need to look at it a little bit broader Mm -hmm. and the one thing as well another thing there was that it seems to be the thing within horror that can be like my husband hates horror like really mm-hmm. doesn't like horror like there's times that he's just like please please don't put on horror movies and I'm like if there's one thing that this ho- podcast has started it's our discovery of both our husbands not liking horror not mine did like to horror. begin with now he doesn't no oh yeah. I think I'd be more hurt by that <laughs> he's like I am not watching any of the films you're watching because it's just horror films I'm like but they're so good no they're not no <laughs> Um, but he loves a zombie movie like loves Mm. a zombie movie and some of his favorite movies are zombie movies and it was a thing as well within the history of horror that zombie episode where they spoke about how zombie movies can actually be nearly a pro a film that can be watched by the whole family depending on depending on the age the age and the film that you're watching yeah you have like they were talking they were specifically talking about the walking dead which is actually something i've never watched i am i did for a good bit i gave up to i gave up in the last few years because it was just ugh. but yeah no i myself and chris watched it for years and it's such a popular series Mm -hmm. and they talk about how that brought like modern horror to like tv like this is mm-hmm. where the first kind of horror tv program was like like proper horror You're yes not talking yeah about the kind of twilight zone or or anything like that where it's a psychological thing you actually have this really intense gore um which comes along with zombies because the main thing oh yeah doing is eating um human people so and then he the person who was talking about this was like i've seen families watching this you have kids watching it you've other people watching it like it's a whole family affair and I was kind of I was trying to think and I I would actually go back to my nieces and nephews Uh where they love there's like this thing on Disney Channel 
and it's about zombies okay love it and it's like obviously this massively diluted Mm -hmm. child's program and disney program but they're zombies and it's like wow unbelievable you're like you're kind of like looking at the new gateway horror for children at the moment so yeah and like I remember during lockdown obviously zombies 2 came onto Disney plus or whatever platform it's on and my nephews are in the UK my nieces are in Ireland and they were like going wild to watch this and they were having little watch parties so that they could watch it together and their love of zombies knows no bounds or oceans. So well, that is beautiful that it's mm-hmm. something to link them together. But can I just ask, like in this Disney zombie thing, are are they biting anyone? Are they? I haven't seen it. No, oh, it, I, like I don't know. We need I to bring no on idea. your nieces but and zoom with like your nephews it. and see what the hell is going on with this mm. TV show. We need it from a kid's point of view. I was actually going to watch it before this episode and then I was like, I just didn't get the chance. Yeah. Um, but if you think about it, like there's always been evil within Disney movies. Like, <laughs> and like... Oh, right. I thought you just meant within Disney. Oh, well, yeah. But <laughs> like, there, yes. there has always been these battles and people dying and stuff like that. So, and as well, it has to be age appropriate. So I imagine it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah and the one another thing I was looking at it, that was discussed within it um was Tom Zavini was on the episode as well so he mm-hmm. is um an American prosthetic makeup artist actor stunt performer oh, he's film director. amazing amazing yeah. one thing I learned about him that I didn't know was he was also a photographer during the Vietnam War yeah, I, I read up on him before. Uh, actually, there was a book you gave me on slasher, mm-hmm. uh, the history of slasher horror. And he has, they, they do like directors and people of note. They do a little yeah. bit about them. And I read about that. Yeah, that's how he got into horror. Was he in real life horror? That's what he said. He was like, I watch these movies and you see somebody dying and they're all pretty and they fall on the floor and they close their mouth. And he's like, then I know that the actor doesn't understand death that the director doesn't understand death or they don't want to predict uh, they don't want to put this portray out, portray is the word. <laughs> they don't want to portray this as it would actually be because he was like when somebody dies their mouth slacks open this is what mm. happens and he was it's like nasty. I, yeah and he used he he said i learned the anatomy of death through the vietnam war and i was like Oh, that's a sentence. Yes. Like, that is a heavy, heavy sentence. That is a heavy sentence. And then they were talking about like how people can get quite offended by the heavy heaviness of gore and everything. And they were like, look, what people have to understand then is it's corn syrup. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's special effects. Yeah. This is, this is an art within itself. So it was really amazing. Like, and even though possibly not my favorite kind of genre and because we know that my favorite genre is like slashers it's the teen Mm -hmm. kind of thing which you usually don't get in a zombie movie because it's usually a lot more elevated than what I'm going for do you know what I mean it's a lot more serious generally you're talking about kind of it's more war kind of based it's a lot of that kind of fighting and war very military style very military and that's yeah. probably why Warren loves it so much <laughs> but it definitely has this military thing and like but in saying that as well I think one of the best movies that I've seen in recent was that one we watched out of the hundred horror movies mm-hmm. oh 28 days later not 28 days later it was the one where they were the Nazi zombies yes Dead snow. Um, dead snow yeah I thought that was unbelievable like phenomenal so it just might be and that kind of went into the whole that was such a mashup of the two things it was bringing my genre into that yeah. world so it was just such a perfect thing so it was like possibly I just hadn't found the world you got your me. monster mash I got my monster so you mash. might say yeah and that's yeah. one good thing about horror is that they're not afraid to just like like that mash their mm-hmm. subgenres together and yeah. either make something horrible 
like unwatchable or make yeah. a beautiful create a, a Frankenstein you may say when they patch it all together and create these these great new almost subgenres of yeah. their own yeah and kind of that actually leads perfectly into one of the movies I was going to watch for this where it was like this mashup where they were trying to go for something and I had said last week that possibly yes. it was just where I was at the time. Um, turns out, no, it's just a shit movie. Oh, and, um, it didn't work second time around. It didn't work se- second time around. And actually, I didn't really give it the chance. I turned it off quite <laughs> early because I was like, no. no. You gotta, of- yeah, you got to give yourself the credit of life is almost too short to just watch an entire hour and a half or however of this. Trial. Yeah. So it's called Wasting Away, if anyone wants to watch it. Um, would it be a waste of your time? It would. It would. Yeah, no, it would actually. You know, usually I'm kind of like, and I actually, I remember at the time as well saying to somebody like, I usually like good, bad movies, but this is yeah. actually one of the worst movies I've mm. ever seen. Yeah. Um, and the hard thing is they had them, everybody so stereotypic typically done and I don't know if it was kind of a if this was I imagine it it is supposed to be satire but it was Mm -hmm. just so there was the jock guy and he was he was actually fine I actually quite liked him and he was the guy he's the actor who plays Warner in uh, Legally Blonde so Ah. I quite like him then he had the soft like lovable kind of guy who's like the kind of handsome Freddie Prince Jr-esque kind of character and then you have the ballsy girl who's quite Mm -hmm. cool so actually the three of those characters were fine but then you had the like really soft-spoken high-voiced like ditzy girl and okay. considering for a lot of my life, I was considered the high voice ditzy girl. I can't really say too much about her, but Jesus, she was very head wrecking. And she's like. And that's not how you were. You are not a head wrecker. <laughs> Let's hope not. But she she does this whole thing of like, you can't do that. That's so bad. And then they talk of like this cat. It, it, it starts off with a chemical spill. Okay. So a chemical, and that's actually something that was spoken about as well. Like there's just so many different ways of becoming a zombie. It's like it yeah. has evolved from the bite that it actually can be this chemical warfare that you would like get this rage virus, say in mm-hmm. 28 days later. Yeah. So this one was a chemical spill that went into the soft serve ice cream. They had the ice cream. They all got brain freeze and then they actually became zombies. <laughs> so it's, it's filmed in black and white and it's filmed in color and mm-hmm. like it's such a great idea yeah but it's just shite like oh. and um she there's a cat beside the car and she gets out of the car because she's like oh kitty and then she eats the cat and then she's like the whole next couple of minutes anytime she speaks she's like kitty went dead dead kitty went bye bye oh I exploded kitty cat and you're just like oh no I actually oh can't God. yeah I can't no. listen to her can't no. listen to her so just that character alone made me go I am absolutely fuck this <laughs> yeah there, there's <laughs> always ending. some reason or some point yeah. that you go not worth it not, not worth, worth it. it not worth it and like she obviously played her character so well but it was just I just couldn't do it no it won awards and I saw like reviews where people were like oh my god it's such a fresh take on zombie movies and I was like it's just not it's just not um so I turned it off and I went to something else um so I looked at (laughs) I was gonna I was gonna watch one of the kind of classics and then I was like no let's go with something a little bit yeah um, totally different and I watched a movie called Zombievers. <laughs> so it's this. Zombievers is what? Oh, I didn't hear that. Oh, no. Zombievers. Oh, Zombievers. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I saw that on Netflix. Well, no, I saw it advertised on Netflix. I just haven't watched it. <laughs> <laughs> it is gas. So okay. it's the whole college students. So I was like, perfect. College students go up to a cabin and then zombie beavers attack. So I was like, 
it was exactly what I was looking for. Yeah. It was that kind of like slasher-esque, but with a zombie. Um, so it starts off with the three uh, sorority sisters are going up to uh, the, their cousin's cabin or something mm-hmm. um, in this like rural kind of place in America. And um, the boys aren't coming anymore because one of them has cheated on the other one of the okay. other girls so there's this big whole thing where they're like look we'll just make sure that you're okay there's one of the sorority sisters is very supportive of this the other one is just raging because she um had to leave her boyfriend behind she's also brought her dog with her okay um, who will come into it later on um so they go and um again quite stereotypical do you know what I mean you have the sweet Mm -hmm. friend you have the the friend who's just been cheated on and then you have the real kind of bulgy kind of like you know I don't take shit from nobody kind of girl Mm um who and they're all caricatures of that character so they're all just way over the top with it yeah um they they meet the next door neighbor and your one is like oh yeah we're just here to have loads of sex but we can't anymore because our boyfriends are coming so it's that like shocking moment and you're just like mm-hmm. okay so this is how it's gonna go so they go to the uh, lake they're on their platoon in the lake then they meet this really weird guy because they see the beaver dam and they're like we want to see some beavers so they swim over and they're trying to find yeah. it there's this green goo again it actually starts with a spill mm-hmm so a toxic spell that goes in and, and like infects the uh, beavers and um this guy is there and he's like hunting um there was a big bear and he like moved the bear on and randomly the backstreet boys are credited as being a zombie bear in <gasps> this movie that's one of the things oh I saw on IMDb and I was like I actually don't even remember when there was a zombie bear in this movie <laughs> Could you imagine if you got the Backstreet Boys on to be a zombie bear and then they could it, they could it, you know, could you imagine if that, like, if they were, had a whole big dance sequence, everything. (laughs) And honestly, dancing bear zombies. Yeah. Um, But was hilarious. So he's, um, you think he's kind of like looking at them like, oh, because one of the, the bulgy girl like is topless because she ain't getting no tan lines and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you know? And he's kind of like, you need to cover up. And he's like, this is a family area. You shouldn't uh-huh. be, you know, you're here with your little skanky little tattoos and stuff. <laughs> all a bit gas, right? So they go back to the um, house and they're sitting there and they're having their popcorn and then they start to hear noise outside so they're really worried they go out to check what it is one of the girls goes down and she's invited the boyfriends up because oh uh, yeah you know, she didn't want to leave her boyfriend behind now the guy who plays her boyfriend I think he's watched scream a lot and <laughs> it's like a nod to Stu the whole way through it's oh like, right just or... like Matthew Lillard the whole way through it and you're kind of like okay and fair play but it's it's just quite funny you can kind of tell that this guy has kind of nearly based this character the way he's going to play this character mm-hmm. on it so it, the girl who's been cheated on goes to the bathroom she's not very happy that your man's there and when she's in the bathroom this beaver like breaks if she hears sound behind the shower curtain she opens the shower and there's this beaver and he's all like Mah. and <laughs> <laughs> she goes out to everybody and she's like there's a beaver there's a beaver and then the beaver is hidden by the time they come back and he's in a uh-huh. cupboard and he breaks out again he's like and it's literally like they're like <laughs> it's gas um and they kill the beaver that's mm-hmm. fine or so they think um they go swimming again the next day um stew <laughs> yeah um gets his foot cut off well bitten off by a yeah. beaver um and then at this stage they're like we need a distraction we need something to distract the beavers so we can swim out and your man picks up the girl's dog and throws them in. 
Um, oh no yeah so they swim to shore and um yeah the rest of the film is them being attacked by beavers um it turns out that the very supportive friend of the girl who was cheated on was actually also with her boyfriend so that's why she was being so supportive because she was actually actively in a relationship with your man as well so the thing is when it, you do get a bit of a surprise because it, the usual is you get bitten by a, a zombie and you turn straight away. So mm-hmm. in this, it's, it's quite a bit later that you start to turn, okay. but like you turn into a zombie beaver. So you have like your face kind of melts out into a bit of a snout. You have these big, huge teeth. You no get way. the big like <laughs> tail. And the whole intimidating thing is that they pound their tails Oh, right. Together and stuff like that. So like at one stage, one of the girls is turned in and she's like sitting there and she's like bouncing up and down, but it's like flapping her tail. It's hilarious. Um, It's ridiculous. And um, it was definitely a different take on zombies. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was one of those ones where I almost wanted to watch it just for title alone. To be fair. 100% yeah. and when when I was watching it I was downstairs and I was like to Aaron I'm gonna go up and finish watching the movie I'm watching and he was like oh which one did you go for because I was between quite a few and I, mm-hmm. and I was like oh I'm just halfway through some beavers and he was like absolutely not yet yeah, I'll talk to you later <laughs> and I was like no I get that I yeah. get that that's okay um so it was it was quite funny um it was gas it, it, yeah. like you're talking piranha 3d you're talking yes yeah yeah so you uh, know, like yeah you know what you're getting at yes exactly exactly Brilliant. so what did you go with so um i discussed well i had seen or mentioned in this film so i watched 1994 cemetery man with Rupert Everett and i just have the hots for 1990s Rupert Everett i just yeah. think he's bloody fox like he's still good looking now but 1997 oh jesus so that was like my main reason for this Mm -hmm. um and so this film it's a british and italian film combination where they had a few it was all filmed in italy and then they had some british actors in and you don't actually see a lot of that now in modern day it's very much so of like, say, the 70s with a lot of giallo, like with Suspiria and that where you might get like an yeah. American or British actress into an Italian film and they just do their lines and then it gets dubbed into Italian, even if they're they just have to mouth it enough. But I think w- what I got to see was the English dubbed version because the Italian one just seems to be lost. So okay. um, I found that the Italian people's dubbed English was done a bit fast Um you might miss a bit of it, but and I'm sure probably in the Italian one, some some bits of dialogue, are, you're a bit like, what? Um, I'm sure it means more in the Italian. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so in this film, Rupert Everett, he plays um, Francesco Della Morte. Um, and then just like in the opening scene, he's just casually on the phone speaking to his friend Franco. And um, then he just puts the phone down. He gets up to the door, opens the door, spots a really lost looking zombie holding a briefcase and he shoots the zombie in the head and then goes back to his phone conversation and then that's the start of the film and then his front door which remained open shows out that he lives in a cemetery he is the caretaker of the cemetery in Italy and as the film opens up in the beginning um showing the cemetery he's narrating and he narrates through the whole film and it's what kind of ties the film together um and so he is spe- speaking to himself. He's saying that there's an epidemic going on in this cemetery where on the seventh day of burial, all the dead come back to life. And he has to dispatch them again with like a shovel through the head, a gunshot to the head or whatever you have around you that will just incapacitate them and kill their brain and put them back into the grave. And he's not sure if this is happening in any other graveyard, but he knows for certain it's happening in his. His home is in the graveyard. So he lives there, it's his job. And he's like, he, like he's talking to Franco, like saying, I know you don't believe me that this is happening. And he's like, well, Franco's like, well, why don't you tell the mayor? And he's like, I can't alert authorities. The mayor pays me, 
uh, I'd lose my job, I'd lose my home. And he's like, eh, it's a living. So um, he doesn't seem to have a problem with this, but he's also a little bit weird. He doesn't get on with the people in the town. Like they, every time he goes into the town, everyone kind of like slags him when he's going into the this village square where everyone else is, everyone's just like mocking him. And he's like, ah, oh, everyone ends up with me in the end. Like everyone's going to die in the end. So yeah. it doesn't matter. Um, and then there is a funeral and there's this very young widow um, and she's beautiful and he is absolutely besotted with her, but she won't give him the time of day because she's burying her husband. And then it turns out she's burying, <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's burying a very, first he thinks it's her dad because he's a very elderly gentleman. No, no, he was my husband and he was a magnificent lover and all this sort of stuff. I'm like, okay. Um, and she comes back day after day to put flowers on the grave. And so he tries to talk to her and eventually the reason why she warms up to him is a bit strange. He says that it's an old cemetery because they have kind of like mausoleums. Like the cemetery looks cool. The, each mm-hmm. grave is like a red candle on it at nighttime. Like it looks really theatrical, looks great. Um, and then there's some mausoleum type ones. But then he says that this cemetery has an ossuary. And I had to Google that because I was like, what the hell is an ossuary? Because this is the thing where she's like, I've always wanted to see one. I've dreamt of them. I love them. So it's basically like, I don't think they have them in Ireland, but it's either like, it's the term for a room or a crate or something where you put possibly with older graves. Um, it's where you put the old bones and skeletons that they don't have a grave to be buried in. And it's overspill is too brash of a word. It's it's not right. Um, it's like, because they almost decorate it, but it's basically where you put skeletons where they don't have a grave. They don't have a burial site. Um, and I think I went to one in Rome where it was done by monks and they had like hundreds of skeletons, like, and they had it decorated. They had the whole room decorated. It was brilliant. If anyone's going to Rome, like look it up whenever you can travel again. But um, it was brilliant. So I think, and as well, like the catacombs, kind of like that, like the catacombs are in Paris and all that. So maybe an ossuary comes from that. But anyway, I'm I'm diverging. But anyway, she loves it. She's going in, she's like, She's practically sniffing the bones. She's like, oh, I love it. So she jumps his bones. And next thing you know, they okay. are getting hot and heavy and very naked, practically on top of her dead husband's grave. And <laughs> he's like, why? Very naked. <laughs> very naked. And he's like, why did you choose here? And she's like, I don't hold any secrets from my husband. He'd want to know. And I'm like, uh, uh, uh. Um, but anyway, the husband rises from his grave uh-huh. and he takes a bite out of the widow and um he's like oh god she's dead and he buries her but he's like i want to keep a hold of her body i don't know whether he's hoping she'll come back but he when she rises he shoots her and he dispatches of her um he's like oh there was the love of my life like they had one night together and he's like oh it's the love of my life but um then later on in hollywood oh absolutely yeah you love them forever Um, So there's a terrible accident in the village uh, and a load of the townspeople have died. And it's just kind of for Francesco, he's like, it's just more work now. And for him and his friend kind of and helper who works and lives with them called Nyagi. And he's like mute. He just kind of grunts his responses. Um, But he's still like, we'll have conversations with them. Like he understands what's going on. But um, so they have a lot of dead bodies coming back in, which means seven days after this one big ass funeral for them all, it's just going to be a lot of people coming back and that it was a bus colliding with a lot of um, motorcyclists and the bus held a load of Boy Scouts. Mm -hmm. So like one night you have it where there's like a load of Boy Scouts come in to attack Francesco and then like a biker comes out of a grave on the bike. Like it's a really cool scene. He like rises from the grave on his bike. Um, So that was a really cool scene. And again, it just shows again how cool the cemetery looks at nighttime but the young widow has come back to life that night and then she starts smooching with Francesco and then she bites him on the shoulder but then uh, Francesco realizes you don't die from the zombie bite and so then Francesco realizes when he shot the widow she wasn't dead oh. and he killed her when he shot her when she rose up she just got bit on the the arm but she didn't die. Now, in all honesty, the local doctor had declared that she was dead. Oh, wow. Um, so when he, when she rose back, he thought that, oh, she's dead and she's come back to life. So he shot her and he's like, oh, I killed her. She wasn't dead. So anyway, he's a bit messed up from that. But um, yeah, so they dispatch of everyone else who needed to go back to their grave. Um, and uh, 
he then he's so he's, he's very despondent and he later has a dream that he got into his little car and went into the towns the town square and killed seven people all the people would be kind of slagging him off that he killed them and he wakes up then the next morning he's like jeez that was a bit you know bizarre but a detective comes up and he's like no seven people in the village were killed and <laughs> no, your no, car no. you did yeah, that <laughs> your car was spotted but he's like it wasn't me they're like oh don't worry we don't think it's you we think it's nyagi and he's like well why do you think it's him and they were like oh he's the weird one he doesn't really speak and we think it's him um but there's also a lot of other strange things that are happening, like side stories of the mayor. So there's like a story with the mayor and his daughter and Nagi likes the daughter, but the daughter dies and Nagi brings her back to life. But she was decapitated. So he's like having a relationship with just the head. And it's really strange. Like um, it's it that kind of scene as well gave me like vibes of the evil dead, like the, the set, when it went to the funnier side like the sequel to Evil Dead. So it was like, this film was hit or miss for a lot of people. It didn't do so well in Italy because they didn't find it scary. They tried to put it as a comedy of an America and they didn't yeah. find it funny enough. And um, it's very like dry humor. Um, so uh, actually in the beginning, I didn't really like it, but it was more, yeah, I found it strange until I did some research on the film. And when I saw okay. it in different light, I was like, oh yeah, yeah I kind of get I it. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. So the it obviously who, doesn't translate well, though. It's it's like like yes. a joke isn't funny if you have to explain it. So like, if film like shouldn't be too smart. No, like or I will disguising say, that smart. Yeah, <laughs> it's meant to be a comedy horror film, and I will say, like, I never laughed once. Yeah, I kind of went, my God, huh? It was the height of it. Um, yeah. but no, yeah. Um, so the mayor himself died so there's a new mayor that comes to town and it turns out that his assistant is the resurrection of the widow from before and then she comes back like at a a later stage and she's like I don't know why I'm drawn to you I feel like as if I love you and that I know you and then they decide that they're going to get married Uh, but there's a catch she is afraid of sex and only wants her husband to be impotent and she had heard from the villagers that Francesco is the man for her so it's kind of some of the stuff that people have been like the rumor mill was going about him and he's about to correct him. He's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. That's me. I'm impotent. Um, and I kept, I was trying to explain this part to Chris and I kept saying incompetent. I'm like, no, <laughs> not incompetent. He's impotent. And I was just like, say this, right. And so I said it right. But I feel like if I need to point out going, I could have said, and he was incompetent and that's exactly what she wanted in that. She was just like him for that. <laughs> she was a dirty yeah. bitch. <laughs> so he's like he doesn't correct her he's like yes no I'm impotent and uh, so he goes to the local doctor and he's like I want you to cut my penis off and he I I I can't have it it's not what my bride-to-be wants and so the doctor first like he pays him and he's like right fine okay I'll do it and then he can't do it he's like I just can't do it it's been a tough day for me he goes and I can't do this on top I'm like okay and um so he's like right I'm going to give you an injection that's going to numb it for like about a month and if you still you know, I can give yeah. you more injections if you want. Uh, and Francesco was like, it was so sore. He was like, I wish you did fucking just cut it off. <laughs> but then he thinks he's dying because he's like, I don't know whether he's caught an infection or whatever, but he's back recovering in the room. And so his soon to be bride keeps trying to visit him. And he keeps telling Nagy, you know, send her away. I don't want her to see me like this in case I die because of an infection in my penis. Um, and then he suddenly he gets better. And he's, he goes to his bride-to-be, visits him in the cemetery. But she tells him, it's like, I've got news for you. I can't marry you. Um, this is where I feel like the dialogue got lost. She says that she was, well, maybe not lost, but I just found that this was bizarre. She got raped by the mayor. And then she said, oh, but I didn't really hate it. And then we had sex again for him to apologize for raping me in the first place. And then I really liked it. So now we are going to get married. But don't worry, I still love you, but just in a different way. And so Francesco is then left brokenhearted with a numb, broken penis. And like fully impotent. Yeah, oh yeah. An incompetent man, brokenhearted. <laughs> but it, it is, it's just like when I watched that, I was just like, what? What? And then what? No, what? Yeah, yeah but uh, I was just like, holy fucking shit. Anyway, they, they just glossed over that. 
So um, he go, Francesco goes to Dranosaurus in a local bar where a college girl asks if he can drop herself and a friend home. Um, and then we quickly see that her friend is none other than the lost love back again in a new iteration of a new home. Like I end up looking this up on IMDb. She's not given a name. She's just called she because she's in three versions in this film. Um, if anyone could so, actually see my face right now, I'm so confused. Yeah. So she's the widow. Then she's the mayor's assistant. Yeah. Uh, and now she's this college girl and she never gets a name um so when he sees that he has a now third chance with this girl um he drives them back to the house and she takes him up to the room and he's like um I don't know if we can do what it is you're planning to do I had a treatment done and I'm on medication I don't know what's gonna work next you know it works and it only works it works three times that night and she's like, stay over with me. Uh, I'm really cold. I want to, uh, you know, it'd be nice for you to keep me warm. And so he goes to the kitchen to get like a drink. And then there's another college girl there or the, the one he was originally talking to. And she's like, oh, I don't know if she told you, but you're going to have to pay us. Uh, college tuition is expensive. And so basically this girl who he thought was the love of his life was basically like, I suppose, yeah, prostituting herself out so that they could get money for college or whatever. Um, they say it's for college tuition. And he's like, oh, but she said, and she's like, it's only 100,000 lira. And he goes, oh, but she told me she loved me. That's 150,000 lira. Oh, she told me she wanted me to spend the night. That's 200,000 lira. I'm like, man, shut Stop up. talking. The more you talk, the more it's going to cost you. So he writes out a check and he's just so despondent and pissed off so the woman had been saying about how cold she was so he gets the heater that was in the room puts it behind her back on the bed and he's like now you'll be warm forever because the bed she catches fire the whole house goes on fire and he drives away so (laughs) but not before he says oh I'm through with love this time I'm not going to try and you know go after anybody for a relationship so then the detective comes back the next day and he thinks he's been caught especially because they can place him to the room because a burnt off part where he signed his name of the check is still there. However, the detective was like, no, don't worry. We don't think it's you. How the hell could it be you? We just know you were getting your jollies off in there last night. Like we all do it from time to time. He goes, no, someone has come and confessed. Uh, he killed his wife and child and then he confessed uh, for killing them. Turns out it's none other than his friend Francesco, who he was on the, or Franco, who he was on the phone to. So um, they tell Francesco that Franco is in a coma in the hospital so Francesco goes down to the hospital he's like why did you steal my murders this was on me <laughs> it's like he wants to get caught it's like he's so pissed off with life we're working in the cemetery we're having to dispatch these zombies like I have to say this film it's more about Francesco the zombies are there that he has to kill off bit by bit yeah um so yeah this is a, like I said a different kind of a zombie film but um so anyway as he is just talking to a comatose friend, uh, a nun comes in and tells him he shouldn't be there. He shoots her. A doctor comes in. He shoots the doctor. A nurse comes in, sees the two dead bodies. And she's like, I won't tell anyone. He goes, yeah, you won't. And he kills her too. So he then decides to walk out of the hospital, gun in hand. And the detective comes up and he's like, oh, good, you're armed. You can protect us against this new murderer who's just killed three people. And Francesco mm-hmm. screams up and goes, it was me. But no one will believe him that he could kill anybody they don't believe him that he killed the people in the town square they don't believe him that he killed the college girls and now he's like gun in hand smoking gun basically and no one so anyway he is just absolutely had it he fixes up his car again and he's like i'm going to leave this village he takes Nagi with them and uh, they go driving he's like i've never actually left this village before and so they get out and they're driving through a tunnel and then francesco stops the car really abruptly and Nagi hits his head off it like it's just so quick because the road ends like literally ends and yeah. so francesco was like i knew it i knew there was no life outside of this village um and Nagi then kind of takes almost like a fit on the ground and he thinks he's died from the head wound and he's about to shoot him but Nagi comes to and he throws the gun away and then Nagi in a surprise twist finally speaks and he's like can you take me home and then Francesco grunts "Uh," like a response to him for yes so it's like (sighs) the tables have turned and then that's like the end of the film like they get back into the car and so throughout the film you kind of don't get the vibe of is Francesco what's his reality what's yeah really I was happening? just about to say 
yeah um like you're not even sure that he dreamt the murders that someone else did or did he really do it or it was a weird kind of kooky film very much so with the theme of love and death obviously the very many iterations of the women, the same woman in his life who he just can't seem to, to finally off. and he does finally get to be with her but it's not the ben, you know not the way that yeah um, so I looked into it a little bit um, and I watched a document, not a documentary, it was a uh, Rupert Everett for like, I think it was the 25th anniversary was doing, mm-hmm. um, he was kind of just doing an interview on it. And he says um, that this film was actually based off of an Italian um, cartoon strip um, and that the writer for it's called Dylan Dog is the cartoon strip, very popular in Italy for like about 30 years. And the writer of that also wrote his character for um, Cemetery Man. And they had based it off of, um, they had referenced Rupert as an actor. So like before he even, before this film was made, like when it was the comic strip, he was drawn like Rupert Everett. Um, so he must have just seen a picture of him somewhere and based the character Dylan Dog after this. Yeah. So it, Rupert was there saying that it actually helped him be like more famous in Italy because people who had read the comic strip would know would actually recognize him. Yeah. So it was obviously it was meant to be that he is um, Francesco in the film. Like no one else was yeah. meant to be him. Um, and the director of this film. Um, I'm going to butcher the name as uh, Michel Suave. It's a man. It's however it's pronounced in Italian. I don't know, but he was Dario Argento's assistant. And this was Suave's first film post leaving, working with mm-hmm. uh, Argento. And um, apparently like, if you look back at it, well, after watching the film, you can see it's almost styled like a, the cartoon strip come to life, which would explain why he narrates everything. Um, yeah. And yeah so it's kind of like I'd almost watch it again I wish I'd seen this interview before I watched the film Mm -hmm. but anyway I'd watch it again um because Rupert was there saying it's like if you didn't know that this was kind of based off of a cartoon strip you'd be very confused I'm like confused I was yes many times yeah um and he's saying that it's not a serious film like it's a spoof film kind of of the vein of hammer horror like films but more visually and theatrically organized than Mm -hmm. a um uh, hammer horror film um but yeah which i'd agree with that like it's now it's a cult film it's unique it's yes it's a kind of like a romantic film in the setting of a zombie epidemic which you mm-hmm. do have there is that other romantic zombie one that was done not too long ago that i have not seen oh isn't that with and um, nicholas holt yes yeah and um, but like, I actually haven't seen that either. I love no, that. but in that is he's a zombie and he falls in love with a human girl. But this is like, yes, in one stage, the widow is a zombie in it. Um, but in all the other, it's still like his romantic issues whilst he's also dispatching zombies. Like there's another scene where he's on the phone to Franco in the middle of the film. And it's like the door's open and he's just casually talking and just dispatching. Everyone's just comes to the door they're like they're attracted to it like flies Mm -hmm. to a light and he's just shooting 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 and doesn't break the conversation at all like it's just for him it's as normal as breathing just dispatching the zombies at night time yeah um now again i said i saw the english dubbed one i'm saying that the dialogue might have meant more in the italian version it could have just been the the dubbing one but i have to say if you're in for like a weird and kooky kind of zombie film not your normal one yeah. I'd recommend Cemetery Man and it's on YouTube um as well if anyone wants to watch it so okay. uh, yeah it's and also Rupert Everett's just divine I love He's him gorgeous. I love yeah. him he's a fab actor as well mm, oh yeah yeah so uh yeah no it was it's um I have to say it's one where once you know what it's about and where yeah. it's come from it makes a lot more sense if you're just me and you just straight up watch it you're kind of like like it looks great but what the hell is going on like yeah you're confused yeah I was expecting a lot more like zombie stuff and like I said in that he gets bitten by um when the widow is zombified he gets bitten by her and he like Nyagi's about to go shoot him in the head he's like no 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 you don't die from the zombie bite 
Mm-hmm. So they just happen to bite you and yeah. eat you, but they're not going to turn you into a zombie. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely have to check it out. It's so fully we- unique characters, but it is great crack. Okay. Okay. It's, it sounds very confusing, but worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the next one, right. So the second one that I found that was uh, Bananas. Um, so if I was to say there were a couple of things that I absolutely love, so horror, mm-hmm. I love Christmas and I love mm-hmm. musicals. Mm. Now, <gasps> oh, I put think I all three yeah. into a blender <laughs> and you get Anna and the Apocalypse. I actually was almost going to do this one. Um, I'm just not that great with musicals and that's what yeah. pretty much stopped me. But I, I actually saw a bit of it and I was like, do you know, I think I could push through because it just seems so funny. It is gas. So again, back to my nieces here, I was watching it and I was like, what does this remind me so much of? And they love this program called Victoria Justice. Mm-hmm. And it's this young girl who goes to like this um, kind of musical theatrical school and they're always singing they're always dancing and it's just if somebody did a halloween version of victoria justice with um very like gory stuff in there as well Um, (laughs) so it's gas it just starts off and the whole thing is that there's a christmas fair that night a christmas concert in the school that night Anna is uh, this young girl. She lives with her dad. Her mom has passed away a couple of years ago. She was with a really popular guy. She's no longer with him. He like cheated on her or something. I'm not 100% mm-hmm. sure. Um, or no, sorry. I think they slept together and then he never spoke to her again or something, you know. Oh. Um, and then she has a best friend. He's very much friend zoned. They're a really cute friendship there. And then there is, it's based in Scotland. And then you yeah. have um, this other girl who is, um, she's the like a newsy kind of person in this school. She writes for the newspaper. She's American. Her parents are off in Mexico for the summer. She can't get through to her girlfriend the whole way through the movie. Um, and um, then there is Anna's best friend and um, her boyfriend. So these are kind of and a particularly horrible um, principle. So these are all the kind of main characters who are in it. It's quite a fun, cute movie. It's high school musical. <laughs> it's like it goes back to these loads of little nods to like movies to zombie movies so at one page they have this like hashtag through it and it's hashtag evac selfie and it's like people taking selfies with all these um zombies and stuff like that and um one of the people who made a post on it is ash campbell and it's a mashup of um ash williams and bruce Campbell from the Evil Dead franchise awesome yeah so you have all these kind of things that you go okay whoever made this it like is a really big fan of the genre and then there's one part where she she had a bit of a shit day the day before and the ex has been really nasty to her best friend but very much wants to be back with her the dad is upset because he found out that she's going to Australia instead of going to college um and they had the like Christmas fair that she couldn't go to. She had to work. Um, so she leaves her house the next morning. She's all gutsy. And she's like, this is going to be a great day. And she puts the earphones This in is what I like, saw the clip yeah. for it. Yeah. So she's like walking down the road. And it is nearly scene for scene. If you did a, a Shaun of the Dead musical because there's people being killed in the background there's zombies everywhere else and she just doesn't notice it at all um and then you have the best friend he's coming from his house and the funny thing is like they're walking through a graveyard and they're both dancing and they're obviously these great dancers like it's just it's quite a sweet movie it's quite funny 
um that like you'll see different movies in it so you have the part of Shaun of the dead there's a bit where they get to the school and they have to run um from something and it's exactly like them running through the halls in the breakfast club oh yeah then the principal starts to sing and Martin was like god it's very rocky horror isn't it and I was like how dare you but then it's kind of like <laughs> actually you're not wrong like because there's this yeah. bit where he's pushed off the stage and he's held like this and it's like when Frankenford is in the pool and it's like yes it's all these amazing nods to fantastic films that you know that the person who did this just really appreciated what they were doing and they made Brilliant. it into this real kind of like I could imagine us going to see this on stage somewhere and being like that was gas um so and then of course it's quite sad because like quite a lot of them die oh (laughs) you know like not everybody survives well yeah yeah Yeah. um the boyfriend comes back and he's like an absolute dick it's very kind of like um there's like some really famous musical and they're like fighting in the streets. Oh, West Side Story? I haven't seen it, but I imagine this is what yeah. the whole kind of West Side Story is thing. They're in back alleys and he's all like, <laughs> his line is like, um, I killing zombies, I'm top of the class. <laughs> <laughs> it is just brilliant. And he turns out to be a good guy, like deep down, he's quite... Um, you know, he's he's a good solid guy. Um yeah. in the end. Um and yeah, it's it's not it's not horror, but I don't really I never really kind of feel that zombie movies are particularly horror anyway. No. Um but if you are a fan of high school musical, Victoria Justice, love actually. Um <laughs> any kind of Christmassy um, movie and then you love a bit of zombie movies definitely give it a go it um it's bananas and brilliant um yeah it's just a bit of fun um massively different take on um on zombie movies and like there's one part it's quite funny where they're talking about the like hashtag vac selfies and like the the girl who's the person who writes for the um newspaper she's like oh my god this generation does deserve to be like eradicated (laughs) and you do have that kind of social commentary and stuff like that and it actually starts off where it's like oh this flu pandemic virus has hit and this yeah. movie was 2017, 2019. Wow. And they're like, instead of this actually being a flu virus, they've kind of realized that possibly there's something more going on. And then Anna turns off the the um, radio. TV? Oh, right. Yeah, so yeah. the whole thing is like, I suppose the whole zombie like, pand- like thing, like it is the closest thing at the moment like yeah it's it's the next evolution to what's happening at the moment and when you look at it it's kind of like dude it's not I don't imagine that the you know the dead are going to start coming back but I can imagine that kind of rage where people are getting to a point where I need to get out of my house or I need to do this do you know that that it could be the next evolution of this thing and it it does all start off with a pandemic. It does start off with a bite. It does start off with somebody, something else. So it's very close to home at the moment. It's yeah. very like, like, obviously it's not like, oh, it's close to home. It's happening somewhere. But do you know, it's the type of thing that... It's not too far off. It's not too far off. Like it really isn't. Um. So yeah, no, I just thought that was great. And one thing um, when I was watching that, um, the the evolution of horror the kind of uh, the, oh, the, the Eli Roth thing. Yeah, yeah from Eli Roth writer and creator of Shaun of the mm-hmm. Dead was saying that the inspiration behind that scene where Sean leaves his house and walks over and gets the um gets the milk or a drink I think mm. actually it's a can of coke he gets and he like slips on the blood and then he comes back to the house but all of the zombie 
like killing is happening he hasn't noticed any of it yeah he said at the time he was going out with a girl and she had gone away and resident evil had just released for yeah playstation or something and the girlfriend uh the then girlfriend was like don't just be up playing night <laughs> like and he said yeah no that's fine i won't and he did and he just like he said he left the house he walked from his house to the shop to get something and on the way he was like I wonder what would it be like now if zombies came yeah and he was like that was kind of where that scene came from and one question that was kind of posed to everybody are you a fan of a slow zombie or a fast zombie so you have George A. Romano's slow zombies mm-hmm. or you have the likes of like Danny Boyle, 28 Days Later, like really fucking quick zombies. Well, they scared the crap out of me, the faster ones. Like I feel yeah. like if you can easily dispatch and get away from the slower ones and maybe, yes. maybe not die, but the, yeah. the fast ones, I'm like, oh, my cardio can't withstand that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, they, it's not necessarily more prefer, but yeah, like st- ones that would scare me more would be definitely the faster ones. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see me making it out of those ones at all. I'm not sure that I'd make it out of either, but yeah, I definitely wouldn't make out the fast. What, yeah. What about you? Um, I think like, I think probably the fast terrify me more. I hate things that move fast anyway. Yeah. So put it I don't in like being chased at all. <laughs> no, neither do I. Neither do I. Um, so yeah, I do think. And one good point that it was made was that if you have the slower zombies, that actually allows you to have a more inclusive zombie, is the way they put it. So you yeah. have the child, you have somebody who's overweight, but they were saying that the the fast zombies almost looked like they were coming out of like an athletic advertisement, (laughs) like that they were going for their marathon or their run, that they were always ready and posed (laughs) to do a lot of uh, fast work. Yeah. 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 It was interesting. It definitely made me go. There's so much work that goes in them, into them. And there's so much more behind the zombie movies than I kind of thought and gave credit to and the amount of like special effects that have to go into it like the way Tom Savini was saying that Mm. at one stage one of the zombies or one of the yeah zombies arms or one of the guy's arms is cut off and they actually had to like create a hole in the ground for that actor's arm to go into while they cut off the other arm and it was just really just really interesting to see and hear the behind the scenes and the thought process that actually has to go into right we have to cut this man's off and hand off and it has to Mm. look believable so um yeah yeah it's not just a straightforward scary like there's like that and that's why I totally prefer the older zombie movies that are more practical in that way Mm -hmm. like the effects and everything like that that they work on yes yeah so our next 100 mm-hmm. horror movies was Brain Dead. I think I might have, when I was saying to you which one to watch, uh, I'm going to put my hands up. I didn't realize that there were two Brain Dead films. I have a feeling that on your poster, it would it have been the 1992 Doesn't Brain matter. Dead. But yeah, so there's two. And I think that the one I would have preferred to have watched was Peter Jackson's one mm-hmm. because it was like his next one after I watch it yeah oh no I'm I'm totally I'm totally going to watch it at some stage um but what we watched was the 1990 Bill Pullman Bill Paxton film yeah in a showdown of man versus machine Martin plunges into a chaotic nightmare trying to save his mind from the um megalomaniac corporation (laughs) megalomaniac megalomaniac Never let the dyslexic one read something <laughs> that long. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm not even going to reread that. I'm going to leave that in. 
Nice. Um, yeah, so that's that's what IMDb has it down as. And to be honest, when you text me and you're like, oh, I'm not sure, um, this is the one what, that I've watched, which one have you watched? And I was like, actually, I haven't yet, so I'll watch that one. Yeah. And the second you said the two bills were in it, I was like, I don't yeah. even care if you want to say the other one because I'm not watching that one. I'm watching yeah. this. <laughs> this is my it bills. A hundred percent. And it was great. Like um, Bill Pullman plays like the the quirky kind of doctor gets the ticks. And, yeah. and it's like Bill Paxton plays the sleazy kind of corporate guy so well. Like he's so got well. the tan on, the hair slipped back. You just know he's a bad guy from like the minute he comes in. His voice is just <sighs> like chocolate. Yeah. It's like it's yeah. galaxy chocolate and mm. like him in Twister and Titanic. Yeah. yeah. Just like iconic iconic <laughs> yeah um but so it was one of an early film role for both of them and I have to say they're fantastic in it yes you'd kind of know yeah yeah they're finding their feet and um so I have to say I found it to be quite like cheesy and so again it made me look it up yeah yeah and as I was saying to you um this script was written by a guy who used to write for write a few episodes for the twilight zone so you're getting heavy twilight zone vibes from this film yes and basically the script was also written in the 60s but the studio came across the script whilst they were like going through some things and was like oh do you know what if we change a bit modernize it to the late 80s or 90s and this could work and so that's why you get the vibe but the very end of it it's just it is so (laughs) cheesy and great Uh, it is is like goosebumps yeah yes yeah 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 Uh, it is in no way a scary film it's very psychological but also just 80s yeah corporate oh yeah I didn't know if they were trying to go for the whole Jacob's Ladder thing but just didn't get it and yeah especially with the hospital stuff you get that vibe yeah and considering that was done in the 60s so if it was originally written in the 60s it's like well before Jacob's Ladder so you know but um yeah it it was it was a strange one I actually do you know what when you were describing your cemetery man there was a part of me going you could nearly put a lot of it to this movie as well I yeah I think there was some kind of weird things in both and mainly the confusion the confusion yeah yeah I was like two films I've just watched that I'm not quite sure what I've just seen yeah when, when you were describing the other one I was like god you had a rough time for your own brain this week <laughs> yeah and the setting for it as well looks really like the setting for a film called Biodome which I'm going to tell you just to go and watch it's gas it's ridiculous it's a cult kind of comedy mm-hmm. one of the Baldwins is in it Um, there's a bit like come back to me when you hear the free mahi mahi it's quite funny um it's like it's so silly myself and amy used to just watch it the whole way through college it was great brilliant i i'll give that a go to see how they they go side by side Um, and like you'll probably be like grace is absolutely like it doesn't look anything like the place it was (laughs) it's it's the vibe it gives you when you're watching this yeah 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 uh so next week we're on to phantasm from 1979 so uh, again I know that this is a horror classic but I don't know anything about it I've seen posters of it arranged yeah for many years but I this is gonna be another good one where it's like so far we've we've apart from like Blair Ridge Project and 28 Days Later we're kind of coming across ones we've never seen we're having a move vacation yeah yeah 100% so make sure to go on to Instagram give us a follow on um, because you're home with an underscore in between each word and we are on most podcast platforms um, but if you are listening to us from Apple we would really appreciate if you could give us a rate and review it'll really help us be found out by other people listening yeah and thank you so much to people who have already we really oh so appreciate it yeah no no And we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.